Welcome to Had to Be There, the podcast that allows you to explore the world's greatest destinations through the stories of those who have been there. Here to ignite the wanderlust within, your host and favorite travel planner, Kelly Acevedo. Welcome to the Had to Be There podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and this is episode 33. This week, we are going to one of the new seven wonders of the world, the Great Wall of China. If you find traveling to a foreign country intimidating, I know I do. If you're worried about being able to navigate without knowing the language, like I certainly would. And if you want to make the most of your trip, and who wouldn't? If you're traveling all this way, you may as well try to do as much as you can, right? So what kind of travel agent specializing in Disney destinations would I be if I didn't take the opportunity to talk to you today about Adventures by Disney? So let's talk about the China excursion that they have available right now for 2023. What's included with an Adventures by Disney trip? Let's break it down. What is Disney, if not masterful storytellers? Each Adventures by Disney trip has Disney-trained adventure guides, along with local experts selected to share their knowledge of the local people, places, and customs. So they're putting you right in the middle of the story, making you part of the adventure. Once you get to your first destination of your itinerary, just about everything is included from there. So that means outstanding accommodations, whether that's decked out glamping tents or deluxe riverboats, rooms at a 16th century castle or a five star hotel. You know, you're going to be staying somewhere comfortable and clean that meets Disney's high standards. I mentioned earlier getting to that first destination. That's really all you have to worry about. Um, You have to get yourself there and then you have to get yourself home at the very end of your trip. But once you're in the itinerary itself, all the transportation and transfers are included. So if it's taking a bus from city to city or a short flight from one place to another, all that's going to be included. They're going to help you get your bags from one place to the next. You're not going to have to worry about any of that. Any admission fees to attractions or performances included. Um, along with VIP access and private events in most places. This could mean skipping the line at a museum. It could mean a private tour of something. Um, It could mean a, a special dinner just for your adventure group. They really go all out to make you feel like you're getting this VIP Disney treatment. And don't worry about food because most meals are included during the trip as well. You will have an opportunity to spend a few meals on your own. And of course, you're always welcome to do so, uh, but you're not going to starve. So don't worry about that. So let's talk specifically about Adventure by Disney's China excursion. This trip includes 12 days, 11 nights, 27 meals, and 16 sites. Let me just read you Disney's overview of this trip. 
Marvel at the traditions, natural wonders, and vibrant history of China. Discover how it has maintained its rich cultural identity while becoming a force in the modern world as you visit magnificent destinations that include the Great Wall and the Forbidden City, as well as Hong Kong Disneyland and Shanghai Disney Resort. Okay, listen, if you know me at all in real life, or if you've been listening to this show for a while, you can probably guess that any trip that starts and ends at a Disney park is okay in my book. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the highlights of this trip because there are a lot of them. So I'm just going to try and pick out a few. Explore Hong Kong. Discover the vibrant Harbor City with an iconic skyline, world-class shops, and exciting street scene. So this is your first stop of the trip. This is the one that you need to get yourself here. So you need to book your flight from wherever you are to Hong Kong. That first day is kind of a freebie, you know, let, let yourself adjust to the time change, walk around, explore the city, do some shopping, well, that sort of thing. The next morning, you'll have your welcome breakfast and meet everybody on in your tour group. And that's when the fun gets started. And that's when you're going to check out Hong Kong Disneyland. So if visiting every Disney park in the world is on your bucket list, this trip is a great place to start because you're starting out day two at Hong Kong Disneyland, and you're ending the trip on day 11 or 12, whatever it is, at Shanghai Disney. So this, this is a must-do for any diehard Disney Parks fan. They're also going to take you to Victoria Peak, where you can be awed by the panoramic views of Hong Kong's stunning skyline and harbor from the top of the mountain. They're going to take you to Beijing, and you can walk through centuries of history at the Ancient and Modern History Tour. You'll also visit Beijing's Temple of Heaven, which is a massive temple built for emperors to worship the God of Heaven. You're going to travel to Chengdu's research base of giant panda breeding and visit the pandas. I mean, that just sounds like the cutest thing of my whole life. They're going to take you to the Sichuan Opera, to the Shanghai Acrobat Show. They're going to take you to cruise the Li River and take in the scenic landscapes, including the quote-unquote gumdrop mountains. You'll visit the terracotta warriors and horses in Qian, which were erected to protect China's first emperor in the afterlife. They're going to let you explore Shanghai, so discover that sprawling skyline, the classic architecture, and the waterfront district. They're going to take you on a walking tour at Tiananmen Square. They'll take you to find peace and inspiration at the 300-year-old garden sanctuary at the Yu Garden Tour in Old Shanghai. And of course, they're going to take you to the Great Wall of China. You're going to take a cable car ride. They're going to let you walk part of the wall. That's got to be an incredible experience. Like I said, this is one of the new seven wonders of the world. Um, this is for sure on many, many bucket lists. Um, and that brings us right into today's episode. So I want to introduce you to my guest for this week, Dr. Melissa Corley Carter, whose love of swing and country dancing evolved into a hobby of running barefoot, which later evolved and led her to earn her astronautical engineering PhD. 
She calls herself the barefoot dancing rocket scientist, and she's here with us to talk about running, connecting with others, and living your authentic, epic life. So please join me in welcoming Melissa to the show. All right, Melissa, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I'm excited to be here. So before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and uh, help us get to know you a little better. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. I'm Melissa Corley Carter, the Barefoot Dancing Rocket Scientist, and Mm -hmm. I help really awesome humans live epic lives. So uh, I do that through actually the basic principles of rocket science, which are really letting go to lift off, acknowledging progress and adjusting course and going from where you are to where you want to be. So ironically, that's a coaching human focused thing. And my background is actually in rocket science, engineering. I have I've studied engineering in college and postgraduate school while all the while, all the while wanting to become an astronaut. So I spent 20 years wanting to be an astronaut and ended up getting my application was rejected because of my pre-LASIK eyesight. So (laughs) I know, I know. Oh, that's a bummer. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it was it was a really uh, kind of dark night of the soul for me because that was all I had ever wanted to do. And I was convinced I was going to get there. But looking back now, that was about uh, 10, let's see, 10 years ago, actually. And I've come such a long way in a totally different direction since then. And, and I really found that it actually awoke, uh, awakened me to my higher purpose in life, um, which, as I mentioned, is actually to help other people live epic lives as well and live life on their terms, really. And that's what that's how I define an epic life. So it's not like you have to go do all these crazy, cool things. Like right, just being right. you makes it epic. So... I can have an epic like from my couch is what Absolutely, you're saying. That's yes. what I'm hearing. Okay. Yes. I like it. I'm on board. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So it's been quite a journey. That is amazing. I I think you're the first actual rocket scientist I've ever met. This is a very exciting day. Awesome. <laughs> so you have a pretty spectacular story to share. Um, before we get started, why don't you tell us where you're taking us? I am taking everyone to the Great Wall of China. This where, is yes. exciting. <laughs> so yes. what brought you to the Great Wall of China? Well, in fact, a marathon. So I was in the process of running marathons on all seven continents, which was a goal I had set for myself three years earlier. Uh, when I ran my first marathon, when I went to the, the Marathon Expo, I, there was a booth for the Seven Continents Club. And, you know, I had getting to the first marathon in the first place was a little bit random. I had never actually intended to run a marathon that was not on my bucket list, but uh, a sort of series of circumstances led me there. And and then as soon as I heard about the Seven Continents Club, I just never looked back. I, I thought, wow, that's amazing. Why would you not do that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so the Great Wall ended up being my, uh, my fourth marathon. I had run the Big Sur Marathon in California twice, and then I ran in Athens, and then uh, the Great Wall was next on the list. So I had started, I was start picking races that just seemed really cool, and the Great Wall of China seemed like, wow, that's pretty intense. Uh, let's I mean, do that yeah. one. <laughs> that is wild. Mm-hmm. So tell me about this experience. <laughs> well, it was an interesting one because, in fact, I had not run for six weeks before the race. <gasps> 
I I had I had been having problems with my foot and I it was some kind of it was kind of a phantom injury but it was it really hurt every time I ran. So I had actually been intending to run the Big Sur marathon again 3 weeks earlier but had pulled out of the race because I just my foot was hurting so much. So I was kind of crossing yeah. my fingers like I hope I'm okay. I hope I can oh, at least finish. That's quite a gamble to take. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you know, I had been signed up for a really long time so I was like, well, right. I'm not going to not go. Right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, and the other thing so so my foot was hurting. I hadn't run in six weeks and I I took my GPS watch and this was 2010 so this was actually this is a while ago and it's kind of hard for for probably anybody to grasp but we didn't have really smartphones and we didn't have <laughs> you know my GPS watch was kind of big and hefty we didn't have the kind of devices we have today right. but uh, in any case I I had fully charged it and I was only going to need to use it once for the race so I left my charger at home thinking I wouldn't need it oh and and then when I got there the watch was totally dead like no, no. battery <laughs> and and, and I'm not very fast. So I'll cross the finish line, but I'm not fast. So I would do walk, run intervals and usually run for five minutes and walk for a minute and run for five minutes and walk for a minute. Right. So my watch was my my lifeline because it would beep at me, right? And tell me when when I needed to, to pause. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. But we had a we had a couple of days of touring around before before uh, the we had to do this hike on the wall and then the race. So I was like, all right, I'll I'll think about it later. <laughs> um, so, so we did That's the city tour. That's Melissa's problem. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Morning girls' problem. Right? Right. Yeah. Um, so so we actually were because the wall was uh, and the whole race wasn't on the wall, but there was uh, a significant chunk of it that we would kind of go back and forth on uh, to it. Like we we went over that one stretch probably four times like an out and back and an out and back we woven into the rest of the race which was in a lot of hills and it was hot and it was humid so this is may of 2010 and and so we because the wall stretch was so treacherous they actually made us hike it three days before the race oh, so wow. so that we knew what we were getting into right and and so it, it was pretty crazy so it was it was super steep in some parts and and the stairs i mean sometimes some of the steps were super super short and some of them were really tall sometimes some places there weren't guardrails and and you know you it's like wow you could just kind of fall off the cliff there um, <laughs> so so but but there was it was a lot of kind of different kind of motions and movement going around and actually by the end of the hike my foot felt completely fine so, oh, wow. yeah. So it like magically healed itself. And I made a mental note, incorporate hiking in between runs because right. <laughs> somehow that's using like different, yeah, different, different movements and muscles and stuff. So, yeah. so that was cool, but my watch was still dead and I hadn't run in six weeks. So, oh boy. <laughs> so actually there was this woman in our tour group who, she was an iron woman. She had done the whole Ironman thing and she actually volunteered to run with me and pace me. And I mean, Iron Woman, she's like in way better shape than I am. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Had to Be There podcast is brought to you by Vacations by Kelly, where your host becomes your travel agent. As a proud affiliate of Academy Travel, Kelly specializes in Disney destinations and can help with all non-Disney excursions worldwide as well. When you book with Kelly, you're getting much more than a travel agent. You're getting a personalized concierge level travel partner. And the best part, her services are completely free. It's true. So when you're ready to make your next travel dream a reality, Vacations by Kelly is ready to make it happen. Visit hadtobethere.net slash vacations to get started.
again, the race was pretty crazy. So you had to make it to the 21 mile mark by a certain time or they wouldn't let you continue the race. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And they had an eight hour time limit on the whole race uh, in, in general. So uh, so you had to finish the race by eight hours for it to count uh, for you to get like an official finish time. Right. So the 21 mile was kind of the goal. Like, let's just get there and, right, right. and make sure we get there in time. And so, so my friend totally paced me the whole way and we made it in time. Um, we, we ran, we were running, running up and down the wall and then kind of through some villages and orchards and, and farm country. And there were little kids cheering and clapping and giving us oh. flowers and like all the oh locals came gosh, out and I cheered us on. That. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. It was, I mean, it's, it's really fun when the locals are like, I, I don't know what's going on here, but like, let's cheer on these people, you right. know? <laughs> so everybody was out there Where are you clapping. guys going? Who's chasing? you <laughs> <laughs> seriously seriously oh so yeah that was a really it was a really fun little thing um so so anyway so we made it to 21 miles and and uh, my friend went went ahead at her own pace because she was feeling awesome right because <laughs> it was like a breeze sure. for her the first 21 right and so she Walk took off <laughs> yeah yeah she took off and at her own pace and and then I kind of kept on kept on kind of plodding along and I was I was I was struggling at this point uh, but mm. I you know I knew I was going to finish but I figured it was going to take the rest of the time and eventually I actually came on someone else from our tour group who uh, he was he he was actually I found out he was former Navy and I was in the Air Force and so I was kind of teasing him like Air Force is catching up with Navy and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but he had he had actually given up like he was sitting there and he was he was exhausted and he's like you know what they can come pick me up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was, so he was, he was pretty exhausted. And so I sat with him for a while and I was like, okay, what, what should we do? You know, I, I, I knew I couldn't leave him there. Um, and I had actually been practicing the strategy and one of my friends had said, okay, if it ever gets really hard, just take it a few steps at a time. So right. I had been going, I had been actually counting out like 20 steps uh, at a time and then resting for 10 seconds and 20 steps and resting for 10 seconds. Yeah. So I, I told him, I was like, well, what if we just, what if we just go up 10 steps and stop? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, okay, I could do that. So Aww. we plot up our 10 steps and sit down and then we plot up 10 more and sit down and we kept going 10 steps at a time, 10 steps at a time and resting in between. And we made some pretty good progress. Uh, so, so we were going and going on our, on our last kind of long stretch of uphill. We did five steps at a time. Cause we, I mean, we were kind of dead by that time. We're like, sure. let's, let's just do five. <laughs> and uh, really scraping the bottom of the barrel there for, for any kind of motivation. I know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So, so we made it, we finally made it off the wall. And then there were, I think like a couple miles to go just to get to the finish line. So we, also, we had both run out of water and the vendors, we were kind of so far in the back of the pack, the vendors along the course had also run out of water. Um, oh, no. So we bought a Coke so that we would just have something cold to drink. Yeah. <laughs> we had not ever drunk Coke during a race before, but. Yeah, you, I feel like that's not advisable. No. Yeah, not, not usually. No, I, I wouldn't normally recommend that. Right. <laughs> like, what do we have to lose at this point? I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> So, um, so we, we, we did some more walking and jogging and, uh, and, you know, every once in a while, a little burst of burst of running. And then we heard the announcer as we were getting closer and closer to the finish line. 
And right as we were about to cross the finish line, he held out his hand. And so I took his hand and we crossed the finish line, like hand in hand, with our arms up in the air at seven hours and 53 minutes. What? (laughs) Oh, I just got goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I did too. At the time, just amazing. Oh, wow. Seven minutes to spare. We made it. And it was, it was incredible for me because I had never really run a marathon with anyone. Right. And it was, it was really, this one was really all about camaraderie and teamwork. And, and I had depended on someone to get me through. And then I was able to turn around and, and return the favor, pay it forward and get someone else across the finish line who wouldn't have made it without me. And so it was a really profound experience of just, yeah, human compassion, people prioritizing helping each other over over their own personal performance. Right. Yeah. And uh, in, in a sport that is typically fairly competitive. Now, I mean, for, for those of us, you know, who don't, we're not elite runners. It's not really right. that competitive. It's just you <laughs> right. do it for fun and you chin chat with the people around you. You're not really competing with anybody. Uh, but, but still, you know, it was just really cool to see everybody come together. And also I learned the importance of baby steps, you know, taking it literally, mm-hmm. literally one step at a time. Right. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. It was a pretty profound experience. Wow. That's incredible. Now, are you, you and the this person from the Navy, are you still in touch? We are. Yeah, we don't talk all that much, but, you know, we do we change we exchange Christmas cards and things like that. Oh, so, yes, I uh, imagine that that's a pretty like bonding kind of experience. Yes. yes. I mean, mm-hmm. You're tethered together now, like for life, I feel like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, it's it was pretty amazing. Wow. So yeah. did you get to see um, very much outside of you know, what you toured in conjunction with the marathon preparation? Uh, so we, we did do some of the sites in Beijing. So okay. yeah, that's where, that's where we stayed. Uh, and, and then we, we were, we, the Great Wall was like an hour or two, gosh, I can't remember how far, but outside of the city. So we took buses and stuff out there, but we did, um, we, we saw the, actually the site of the 2008 Olympic games. We oh, wow. went to, we did the, you know, tea ceremony at a local tea shop and went to a Buddhist temple, went to Tiananmen Square and the Imperial Palace and the Forbidden City. So Um, kind of did all the things you're supposed to do, right? Right. Checked Um, everything off the list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so that was really cool. Uh, and uh, so in getting to, you know, kind of just see a a new culture and, and a new city and do the, yeah, just be tourists and, and, and travel and, and see, absorb the, the culture. You know, it was really cool. Like we'd go, we'd go kind of around and there were people just doing Tai Chi and just anywhere. Like there were people doing exercises. They were doing people doing Argentine tango, uh, just, just kind of scattered about in little groups, just doing wow. whatever and, uh, and, you know, living their lives. And it was really cool. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So you also have published, um, a coffee table book on your marathon experiences. Tell me a little bit about this. Yes. So this was really fun to put together. It's called Running the World, Marathon Memoirs from the Seven Continents. And, you know, it was funny at the, so I, it, 
the idea landed for me in, in 2019. And I, I actually finished The Seven Continents in 2012. So I, I didn't really have coffee table book about them, you know, in my future. I was not thinking right. about that, wasn't really <laughs> planning on it. But I love photography. And, and I made these online photo albums from all of my trips. And everybody loved them. Like, I kept getting feedback, like, wow, you have a, a great photographic eye. And one of my friends said, you know, if the science thing doesn't work out, at least you have a backup plan. <laughs> How close he was, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I had all my photos and, and at the time at, in, in 2019, I was actually trying to write a book about leadership and, mm. but I was kind of, uh, I was kind of beating my head against the wall. I was like, oh man, everybody has written a book about leadership. What am I going to say that's different? Right. What angle am I going to come at this from? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Totally. And, and so I was a little bit stuck and, and one day I was going to be more like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? And, you know, yeah. what am I supposed to be doing with my life? And, and I was journaling like 10 minutes later and out of, out of just the blue, this idea landed coffee table book. And I was like, wow, of course, you know, I have my stories. I have my photos. Yes. That's the next step. Yeah. And, and so out it came. And uh, so it, it came out last year and uh, it was really cool because you know, I had this, I had all these experiences and I had all my photos and, and it was this really cool thing that I had done, but it wasn't until I got the idea for the book that I actually sort of processed everything that I'd learned along the way and through the runs and realized that, that the progression of the marathons, like from the first one to the last one and, and kind of everything else that was going on in my life, like it act, they actually paralleled my life. So it was kind of like getting to do a, a, an analysis of, of my life path and life story through, wow. through the book. So while it's sort of on the surface about running marathons on all seven continents, it is also about the journey toward living a more authentic life. Um, yeah, because it includes the part where I was rejected from the astronaut program and didn't know what to do next, and was uh, and right. so sort of the, then the okay, there is a higher purpose here, and let's let's leap into that, and it doesn't matter if we don't know what it is, but right. uh, but so that all kind of came out of it too, and so it was really this cool experience of the book really just kind of creating itself through me and and me learning so much about who I am and, and why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And, and so it turned out to be just so much fun and, and what a journey. Oh man. <laughs> now tell me which, so where were each of your seven marathons on the different continents. Walk me through that. Yep, <laughs> Chronologically. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so, so the, the very first marathon I did, as I mentioned earlier, was Big Sur. And, mm -hmm. and then I did it again the next year. Cause I was actually uh, living there at the, in Monterey at the Naval Host Graduate School. So, okay. so I did that one twice. Uh, and then, then I went to Athens and uh, for, to run the Athens classic marathon, which is actually from the town of Marathon to Athens, which is where we, the marathon even comes from was oh, wow. uh, the Battle of Marathon. And it was the, the Greek runner who ran to Athens with the news of victory and then died. Um, but but oh. everyone's like, oh, oh no. Um, but uh, but he had actually also run to Sparta and back earlier that week. So, uh, but the, but wow. the, that's actually where we get the word Nike, uh, which actually means victory. Um, and so... So there's, so we actually ran from Marathon to Athens. So that was cool. Very uh, cool. <laughs> uh, and then the Great Wall. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Africa, I ran in Kenya in a, in a wildlife park. Which, oh, wow. <laughs> yes, that was great. We all joked that that was perfect for anyone who'd ever said, you know, they would only run if something was chasing them. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Fair, yes, fair point. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that was cool. And then speaking of cool, next I ran in Antarctica. 
Um, <laughs> so that was on the uh, Antarctic Peninsula on the island of King George. And wow. uh, that was also really cool, really amazing. Um, and, and then for South America, I ran on Easter Island. Um, it's uh, called Rapa Nui by the indigenous population. And okay. with this kind of where the big statues are, like the right. big giant yeah, stone. So that was, that was really cool too. Um, and then my last one was the solar eclipse marathon in Port Douglas, Australia. So it was, was in conjunction with a total solar eclipse. Wow. Which was amazing. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> like every, every one of those things individually just sounds like incredible. But then I, like when I process that, like, you have done all of them. It's like, <laughs> what? That's amazing. Thank you. It was, it was really fun. It was really cool experience. That is very cool. So, I mean, so obviously you get to travel a lot. Um, <laughs> has travel always been a part of your life or did that just kind of come about with the running and whatnot? It, it kind of came about with the running. I, I mean, I, I had traveled to, to different places. The first time I left the country, I was in college and I actually went to Germany to take a like a two week German course there. Oh, wow. Um, so that was yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I, I remember really loving that. Um, and then uh, let's see, then I, I was so I was in the Air Force and. Really, I guess most of the most of my uh, outside the country traveling came through the marathons. Um, but then, in in one of my Air Force assignments, I actually got to do some more world travel with my boss. And so I have been I've been a lot of places and really um, really did enjoy it. But I, I've I've also come to be a, a little bit of a homebody. I'll admit, like I I actually really <laughs> like being home. <laughs> sure, I, um, I get that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so so yeah, it was. But but I had traveled around the the country. I, you know, I had visited family and different, you know, different states and stuff. I have always loved the Pacific coast and California kind of Carmel Monterey area. Yeah. Um, that's kind of one of my heart homes as it were. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so there, and there's so many beautiful places out there. Really, really amazing. So, so yeah, it was kind of a, it, it did kind of come about with all the marathons and, and then some work stuff and, and, uh, yeah. That's great though. Is there anything currently at the top of your bucket list that you haven't checked off yet? Well, I, you know, I've always kind of wanted to go to Iceland and okay. I've heard, I've heard lots of amazing stories from people who've been there and, yeah. you know, kind of the, the idea of seeing the Northern lights, you know, from, from, I mean, you can see them from there in the winter and well, right. maybe in the summer too, I guess, but like, I want to ride an Icelandic pony and, you know, do all, yes. do all things like I've heard like about the, the geysers and the geothermals and, and, yeah. uh, just all the amazing geology there and the culture and everything just sounds really spectacular. So that's definitely, uh, kind of a, a little tug. So we'll see. We'll see if I get there. I love it. That's a good one. <laughs> what's on, what's your bucket list? Um, I like everywhere. Yeah. Every, <laughs> like every time I do one of these interviews, I'm like, Ooh, that sounds incredible. So like today, like Great Wall of China just went on my bucket list. Right. So <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so it's getting very long. It's, it's, I don't like, I, I wouldn't even be able to prioritize it now. I don't think. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing your story with us. This has been so incredible. 
If so um, any of our listeners want to find you and connect with you, how can they mm-hmm. do so? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can definitely find me at my website, epiclifeactually.com. And I am Instagram is my, my favorite platform. Uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook. But all of those places, you can find me at Melissa Corley Carter. Uh, and, and then my book is also on my website. It's Epic Life Actually forward slash running the world. So Perfect. yeah. I will include links to everything in the episode show notes so people can easily find you and your book. (laughs) And I hope that after you take your bucket list trip to Iceland, you'll come back and tell me about it. Fantastic. Will do. (laughs) Thanks, Melissa. Thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to show your support is to rate or review us on whatever platform you're listening. And if this episode left you feeling like you just had to be there, reach out to Kelly to start planning an adventure of your own. Don't forget to follow us at HadToBeThere203 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And visit our website, www.HadToBeThere.net. Until next time, get out there and make your own Had to be there memories.